Are you looking to make some change this year in your business and maybe your life? If you are, then maybe we should have a chat. You can head on over to speaktopete.com and book in a chat with me and we'll see if we're a right fit. Usually is around improving your communication, improving your process management, and improving your accountability within your business so that we can take away some of the frustration and give you back more freedom. Isn't that why you got into business in the first place? So head on over to speaktopete.com and let's have a chat. Most training, like the vast majority of training, mm-hmm. is actually in place to make up for bad process, if you ask me. Yeah. Because what you have is like, oh, let's, you know, let's say it's a bank teller and you have a process for how they sort of take in checks or sort checks or deposit them, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then the trainer is teaching the person and they're like, okay, but, you know, sometimes it's going to be a social security check, right? And in that case, you know, then you take this stamp from over here and you do this and you do this differently. Doesn't come up that often, but this is how you handle it. You know, and, and those kinds of things are the things that trainers train. You know, they're training the idiosyncrasies, which has value. But not when it's making up for bad process, because a lot of those things simply should be part of the process. Hey, it's Pete, and welcome to another edition of the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast, designed to provide the tips and tools that help you cut through the chaos of running a business, transforming your frustrations into freedoms for your business and life as a leader. And today I had the opportunity to speak with Ari Mizell, and Ari is one of my coaches. Ari came up with this whole framework called OAO, which is Optimize, Automate, and Outsource. And from that perspective, we're going to dig into that conversation. But he has such an interesting mind, and he's known as one of the most efficient people in the world and really helps people through their issues and automate things and make sure that things are rolling and just really outstanding kind of ways of simplifying your business and making it run better. And that's what this whole podcast is about. And that's why I always love talking to Ari. So we'll dig right into the conversation. Mr. Ari Mizell, it is a pleasure to have you here today on the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's always good to see you, Pete. Yeah. And it's been a while since we chatted and uh, so happy you could come on here. And some of the stuff we've actually talked about in past podcasts have been around some of your concepts too. And I know you and you know Kayvon really well. And in fact, I was introduced to you, Kayvon through you at one of your conferences. And Kayvon and I do a bunch of stuff together. And he's been a guest on the podcast a few times. But we talk about a lot of the stuff that, you know, some of your foundational stuff and really excited today to go over the idea and to talk a little bit about your newest book on productivity and one of the chapters in that book as well. And that's called Perfect Processes. And for me, this is what really got me interested in Ari my when we, you know, the whole OAO and all of the other stuff that we can dig into a little bit here in the podcast today. But from your perspective, Ari, and it's something that I know you've done so much work on and really a thought leader on this, how do you develop perfect processes? Well, so the, the first thing is understanding that there really isn't a perfect process necessarily. Yeah. You're pretty close. You can get pretty close. But by the very nature of the way that we create or that I believe that we should create processes, you really can't ever get to a finish, which is a little frustrating, I think, sometimes for people. But the truth is, is that productivity is a journey that has no end to it, right? We can always do better. And that doesn't mean that we need to be obsessive about it and like, you know, not do anything other than perfect our processes. But it is an important sort of thing to understand. It's We're never going to have a process where it's like, okay, that one's done. 
you know, and like now we can move on. Keeping that in mind, it's this constant arc of optimize, automate, outsource, as far as I'm concerned. That's how yeah. I've always taught it. That's the framework that I really based everything on. And that order is what's really important. So we look at optimize. And for me, optimization is really about looking at what we have now and the way it works or doesn't work now and fixing it sort of usually sort of taking things away, not necessarily bringing in extra resources, but paring down to the bare essentials and really what makes the process as clear cut as possible, which is not that obvious because <laughs> it's not the way that, no. And so the way that most people will create a process or, or actually the way most people will share a process because creating it is, you know, fine, but it's actually using it that matters. Yeah. Oftentimes they'll show somebody how to do something, whether it's in person or a screencast or something like that. And they'll say, all right, you know, that, that's the process, you know, like, go ahead, you know, you go do it. Or even worse, which is they'll just sit down and they'll write a checklist out in like a Google Doc and they're good to go. The problem is that most people are really bad teachers. Yeah. And more than that, when you've done a process multiple times, you very quickly lose sight of the shortcuts that you naturally bring to the process that are mnemonic, that are heuristic that have nothing to do with anything that you wrote down on that piece of paper or showed to that person. So inevitably, when somebody does a process in that manner and they give it to somebody else, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be frustrations. And oftentimes, people just abandon the process. And they're like, all right, I'm just going to do it the old way or my way, Yeah, which defeats the whole purpose. Is that where your sort of line in there was around, we can't simply train people, it's better to have them learn it? So yeah, that's a really big one for me is there's a big difference between training and learning. And we waste a lot of time on training. And most, most training, like the vast majority of training mm -hmm. is actually in place to make up for bad process, if you ask me. Yeah. Because what you have is like, oh, let's, you know, let's say it's a bank teller and you have a process for how they sort of take in checks or sort checks or deposit them, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then the trainer is teaching the person and they're like, okay, but you know, sometimes it's going to be a social security check, right? And in that case, you know, then you take this stamp from over here and you do this, and you do this differently. Doesn't come off that often, but this is how you handle it. You know, and, and those kinds of things are the things that trainers train, you know, they're training the idiosyncrasies, which has value. But not when it's making up for bad process, because a lot of those things simply should be part of the process. That, and that's the big difference, right? They need to be part of it. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it as learning or you, you set it up for learning rather than training, what you're doing is you're basically giving someone the framework or the foundation to deal with the process as a sort of a baseline, something that should be happening without any issue, because realistically, a process should be able to run without any problems to it. And then that human being should be able to add their value by learning maybe a better way to do it, or, you know, whatever other element they need to bring into it, whether it's a human touch or whatever you want to call it. But a lot of times they're just become these sort of human button pushers, which is doesn't serve anybody. And that's interesting piece there too, when you talk about the humanality of it, and that's where we come back and maybe it isn't perfect and things need to be changed. So, you, you know, and that's the beauty of that human interaction where they are seeing things that might need to be altered to make it even better. Yeah, exactly. And, and they can't do that if they're bogged down by a crappy process. And so that's the first one, right? You want to optimize all of your stuff and get it all set. What's up next? Right. So then once we optimize, now we're looking at automation. And automation is my playground. And I love looking at automation because one of the coolest things 
about automation in general is that the rate at which technology improves and like expands is just so fast. And every day there's things that we can do. And, you know, there's the things that we had to have a human being do a week ago, you know, today, some free app that was posted on product hunt, like can completely do it for them. And I want to point out to people, the whole idea of the replaceable founder is we're not trying to fire people and replace people with machines. We want to replace them, but not out. We want to replace them up. Yeah, right? exactly. We want to free those people to do the higher level work that we know that they can do. I love that framework. Yeah. With automation, we're really looking at triggers and actions for the most part. What happens here that then needs to happen over here? And so much of so many people's processes, like right now that you've got going on, like today, you could probably automate a large, large portion of those. Even, and, and I know there's people who are going to listen to this be like, oh, but there's this specialized, super, you know, unique thing that I do and that my team does that nobody else could possibly do. And it's just, you've never looked, you're not aware <laughs> and you're wrong, you know? And the thing is, is that I actually take a really extreme view on this, that once you identify, especially as a leader, right? If you own a company, if you run a team, once you identify an inefficiency, meaning like, oh, I figured out a way that this can be automated, but a person is doing it. I believe that you have an absolute fiduciary duty to remove that inefficiency because it's cruel at that point to allow a human being to do work that a robot or a piece of software could be doing because in essence at that point you're dehumanizing them they they want to feel like they're contributing and all that sort of stuff too so if we can take that off then essentially we look like the hero in that situation and they're feeling so much better about it and they can contribute in so many other ways that are going to bring to the business exactly uh, and and ways that you you're not even aware of yeah next step Right. So now once we've optimized and we've automated, that is the first time really that you should be looking at outsourcing. And I should point out that most people reverse that. And a lot of times they'll just take this sort of knee-jerk reaction. And basically there's a problem, an issue they don't want to deal with, some automation, some task that is minutia, whatever. And the immediate reaction is, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to give this to somebody. I'm going to find somebody to do this. But it's the same problem is that you're basically taking inefficiency and you're just sweeping the the dirt under the rug, right? It doesn't get rid of the problem. If anything, a lot of times it'll make it a lot worse. So if we've optimized and then we automate, whatever is left at that point, if there is anything left at all, because we can automate so many things, that's when you're really in a good position to start outsourcing or delegating, same same difference. Because now it's sort of teed up, right? The ball has been set and that person can now spike it and be the hero. From your aspect, I mean, I know you were one of the founders of of a VA firm and all that stuff, and I know how much you outsource things, but there's sometimes where we're insourcing, or what I call insourcing anyway, we're actually delegating it to our internal team. And then there's other times where we're outsourcing things. And can you tell us sort of the difference around that and why you would use one and not the other and when you would use one and not the other? Day by day, like you can outsource so much more that you would originally have thought that you might have had to you know, in-source or, or keep in-house. Yeah. There's just so many people with really great skill sets that are willing to work on a contract basis. And if you have really good processes, you can do that. You know, you don't need the person that knows how you like your coffee, right? If you have it written down how you like your coffee, like it, yeah. it, it sounds like an oversimplification, but it, it really is that way. So there's a really fun and easy exercise that I like to put people through that illustrates which should be which for them. So you just take a piece of paper and you put three circles on it. And in the first circle, you write down three to five things that you're really excellent at. Like you're the best there is at brainstorming, negotiating, whatever it might be, leading, whatever you want to call it. The second one is the things that you're competent 
but not excellent at. Maybe that's writing or content creation. Maybe it's financial productions, whatever it might be. But the things that like, you can get it done, you can get it done good enough. It's not efficient. You don't really love it, but it's, it's something that you have to do. And then the third circle is the things that you're really bad at, but you're still doing them. Bookkeeping is one of the ones that comes up quite often for entrepreneurs. And then you look at those three circles and what we invariably find is that first circles, clearly that's what you should be focused on. Obviously the middle circle is typically the people that you want to have in house. And the third circle is typically the stuff that you just want to straight up outsource. I have some ideas about why that is the case, but it just seems to work really well that way because that middle column, the things that you're competent at, typically those are things that they're important enough to the business that you're spending time on them. You're doing them well enough, but it's not efficient. It's taken away from other things. Yeah. It, it's just very likely that those are going to be things that you want to have someone in-house working on. It doesn't mean that it's an employee necessarily, right? but just somebody who you have sort of a long-term relationship with, yeah. a long-standing. When we use in-house, that in-house person could be across the world, but it's just that regular relationship that we're talking about, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who you would consider a part of the team. Mm-hmm love this whole idea it's one of the main things that brought me to you several years ago love the whole concept and we're always working on perfecting our processes and such an important piece of every business i think why don't you tell people how to get a hold of you if you'd like them to you know reach out to you and learn a little bit more about ari myself yeah absolutely thank you so everything is on my website at lessdoing.com the books the formal podcast the programs, coaching, all that kind of stuff. But also I, I like to make myself accessible for the right kind of conversations. So people can head actually head over to voxwithari.com and asynchronously communicate with me directly about whatever your biggest productivity challenge might be. Yeah, love that. And I mean, that's how we talked this morning. I love Voxer. It's one of the ones you introduced me to, and we use it within our team. When we were talking earlier today, that was how we connected. And just a wonderful tool. So, so much to learn here. And Ari's got a great site over at lessdoing.com. Lots of great content and stuff there too. So thanks again, Ari. I really appreciate your time and look forward to having another chat with you down the road. Cool. Thanks a lot. All right. Make it a great day. You too. Well, I always enjoy my chats with Ari. So think about today, you know, what can you do to put these sort of things into action? What can you optimize? What can you automate? What can you outsource? And outsource or insource or delegate, you know, as we looked at that and we talked about that in the conversation, you know, where do you start? Well, you always start with optimizing what you need to do first. If you try to automate something that's not optimized, It doesn't flow in the right manner and tends not to work. So when using these formats, just think about it and you can write those down on a sheet of paper, roll through it and really just lay things out so that they become a system. And when we have systems, things really work well, not only for us, but for our teams and for our businesses. So love the conversation today. Hope you did too. And looking forward to having Ari back in the future as well for some other great conversations. He got so much to talk about. So we'll have him back maybe in the new year as well. 
Think about what you could do to put those things into action so that you can have an even better business and entrepreneurial life. After all, you lead your business. It shouldn't be leading you. Always remember, clarity creates confidence and confidence ignites momentum. And I think the conversation today will really create that confidence and create that clarity and be able to help you drive momentum in your business. So if you like today's episode, please review it and rate it and share it with your friends. And most of all, subscribe to the podcast so you can hear future episodes. For more information on my coaching and leader programs, visit more.coach. That's M-O-H-R dot C-O-A. C-H, more.coach, or you can email me directly at pete at more.coach. Just connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook as well by searching Pete Moore. Thanks so much for spending some time with me here and with Ari here today. And until next time, make it a great day. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.